Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I get to speak with DTO today, an award-winning music producer designing inspirational music that raises the vibrations of the planet. We have a cool conversation as we get into this podcast about what his acronym actually means, DTO. Um, so I'll save that for later. But DTO kicked off his career with a spark with his remix of Love Me by Grammy-nominated producer Stonebridge followed up with Nameless Energy, a yoga soundtrack recognized by Deepak Chopra for the Kirtan project J-Ram featuring Tara Devi. He is passionate about creating unique multi-sensory experiences through music designed to elevate human consciousness and give back to our global communities through his work with nonprofits. DTO performs his live yoga music internationally with world-renowned yogis and yoginis, including Himalaya and Christy Christensen. Um, it's really funny that he collaborates with Christy Christensen because she used to manage, I think she was the manager, one of my favorite yoga studios in Venice, which no longer exists, called Exhale, which was like, oh my gosh, yoga mecca. It was amazing. Shiva Ray taught there. Saul David Ray, it was, there was live music all the time. It was insane. Oh, the good old days of, of yoga down in Venice. But anyway, um, talking to him is like, is like a little slice of, uh, of my um, yoga, yoga adventures in my 20s. And um, he lives in a really cool location. He um, is now really passionate about facilitating retreats in Costa Rica at his home. And we're gonna get into that. So I will just end the intro here and let's get into it. Here we go. Okay, welcome, Dave. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome, my pleasure. So you are in Costa Rica right now. Um, you were just showing me your view, actually. Do you wanna show people who are watching the video? Yeah. yeah. So this is our backyard at Embody Costa Rica. And we're viewing the Central Valley Mountains. It's a blue sky, sunny, tropical climate. And the roof of the structure that you get to see is of our Embody Yoga Shala. It's a 2,000 square foot community center where we're holding retreats, workshops, events. And below there's a gourmet kitchen, a boutique shop, and we're going to put some extra rooms below. And then for me, DTO is the artist musician. I am going to be putting together a production and recording music studio. So anyone out there that's an artist and a musician, of course, which most of you are, this is a dream for me to be able to have my own place and space for people to fly in. Um, we're only 25 minutes from the capital city airport in San Jose, Costa Rica. We're in a charming little town called Atenas. It's in the like this beautiful Central Valley. I call it Mr. Rogers' neighborhood in the tropics because <laughs> everyone knows their neighbors. Everyone's very kind, and it's like a slower-paced life. And people really love to come here to experience that. So, I want to talk more about that for sure because I want to find out about your retreat and all that. But I have a burning question before we begin. So, I read DTO as down to ohm and Dave the organism. Is there like an actual acronym or is it just kind of whatever you feel like in the moment? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> so the origin story is that when I had my first psychedelic experience with mushrooms, it was like 2009 and got introduced like the Burning Man community. And I was like a straight laced high school teacher for so many years, shirt and time from the cornfields of Iowa. So I didn't ever know about anything at all around that world, you know? And so when I got in, you know, my early thirties, I guess you'd say I'm a late bloomer because I always hear other people would be like, oh, I've taken, you know, this or that in this age. And so I went on a trail run after having like a couple grams of mushrooms for the first time. And I was running and I was like, wow, life is amazing. I had this like, almost like the movie Avatar, where I had this hyper awareness of who I am and what I am. And I kept on seeing nature and there was a hawk and there was a snake on the ground. And it was in the chaparral of like San Diego County. And I was like, whoa, life is amazing. I had this epic view. And at this moment, I just observed nature and then I observed myself. I was just like, wow, like I'm this human organism. This is amazing. Like, how did I come to this place of awareness? And of course, that's one of the powers of 
having those moments in nature in general and like deep breathing and then having the gift of the magic mushroom in my system. And then from there, I was kind of sharing with a lot of my friends that, whoa, like we're all these organisms and mother earth and planet earth as an organism and the cosmos and the, you know, flora and fauna and nature and it's all connected. And so I kept on having these big epiphanies and sharing with my friends. So my friends were like, okay, man, you're DTO, you're Dave the organism because this is your jam. You keep on talking about it. And then after that, I got into listening to um, Carl Sagan as well as Alan Watts and all these philosophers. And they really started to talk about that term. And I have a song on my debut album called Nameless Energy, where it talks about, um, has some sound bites from Carl Sagan. And he said, a new consciousness is emerging where we get to see our planet as a single organism. Mm. And that was like in the seventies. And I'm sure anyone knows about Carl Sagan, you know, they always said like the pale blue dot or this, you know, little speck out in the middle this huge universe and multiverse, whatever you want to call it. So that was my own personal journey. And then from there, as you can see from my microphone, my <laughs> logo, it was like the sacred geometry with the O and the organism. And that's a lot for certain people to take on that story. And so like the Disney version is when I was playing at yoga studios in San Diego, it happened to be you know, it's corporate yoga. And so I'm not like going to walk in and say, whoa, I had this crazy psychedelic experience and I'm this organism. You know, it'll be too much for most people to understand. Anyone out there that understands what I'm talking about, you know that it's totally typical and common for people when they have these journeys. And so it was interesting. I had two people come out of a yoga class pretty much a couple minutes after each other. And this one guy, he's like Southern California surfer guy. He's like, bro, down to ohm. That's what it means, right? It was always in the class. It means down to ohm because we ohmed at the beginning and the end because I create music for Shavasana and a lot of yoga teachers, they guide along with my soundscapes. And it's like ohm. And I was like, that's it. How'd you get it? That's awesome. I, it just clicked in my mind. And then someone else came out and said the same thing down to ohm. And so it means both to answer your question, Porter, where it's there's the origin story, like the true original meaning, but then from like the, how do I get it out into the corporate yoga world and how do people really have a fun way of playing around with what DTO stands for? And so, you know, my birth name is David. So Dave, <laughs> the organism is like another part of it. Or in Spanish it'd be el organismo, which is kind of fun to say. <laughs> and it's kind of a double enantra or uh, it was like for people to be like, oh, does it mean orgasm or organism? Well, I guess well, they all <laughs> are kind of connected in that way. Um, but no, it's it's definitely a, a, a fun artist name. So, of course, if you look on YouTube or Spotify or Pandora or Tidal or whatever way um, you want to stream my music, that's the way you find me is is that artist name. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. What What got you, by the way, to like go from straight-laced high school teacher to taking mushrooms that day? Oh, that's an amazing uh, backstory because I was, you know, got my master's degree in educational technology and I was like really leading this straightforward, as you said, straight-laced style of living. And my dad was a school teacher and, you know, of course his vices were smoking and drinking, which was taught for those generations. And, you know, back in the day, the Sinatra, they always had their martinis. So I guess every generation every era has their you know in the hippies and 60s 70s are taking you know lsd and so there's all these eras of time and space or you know different indigenous tribes are taking you know peyote and of course ayahuasca is being used often um for ceremonial experiences so you know every generation has had that way of 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 having some alchemical experience with their organism right their body mm. and so i ended up um finding um a time in my life where you know, we've all been there if you're looking for love. And so I was on this dating app and I ended up meeting someone that happened to live like within a five mile radius of where I was living in Poway, California, if anyone knows where that is. And um, beautiful soul, very good friends with her. She's an amazing singer. Her name's Krista Richards. And it ended up being where I was like, oh, we're going to go on a date. Okay. And so she was singing on her first date and it's like, oh my gosh, you have an amazing voice or amazing soul. And so we just started the date more. And then she was telling me about this whole scene that happened called the rave scene. You know about that, Porter? I didn't know anything about it. Well, I I only know about it intimately because my ex-husband was a raver before we got married, but I was never involved in it personally. So I, I have a lot of good stories. 
<laughs> there you go. So it's kind of the same thing. Like you're in a relationship with someone that shares about this whole like rave scene. Yeah. I was so focused on my academic pursuits and teaching and like playing drums in a rock and roll band at the time in San Diego County. I totally missed the rave scene completely. And then, of course, you learn that part of that scene, as I said, just like different generational, you know, ways of art and culture and different types of psychedelic use. So from there, I, um, I went to Krista's birthday party and it was the first time there was like, oh, we're going to be doing, you know, some mushrooms. And I was like, OK, well, tell me more about that and kind of heard about it. And then that's how I, I got, you know, introduced to that world. And then like the rave scene, as I'm sure your husband can share this with you, <laughs> kind of like the preemptive part of like the Burning Man scene, which then Burning Man has a lot of people that are exploring those different like dimensions of their own consciousness of expansion and having it as a tool to, to grow. And I mean, I didn't even know about cannabis or marijuana as like a tool to use for like creativity and music until I was in my early 30s so that that was like she was my white rabbit and like the alice in wonderland <laughs> metaphor she like took me down and then she introduced me to all these other people and it was beautiful because it's a really amazing soul family of artists that are consciously integrating these practices of, of ceremonial usage in order to expand consciousness expand their hearts their minds of course we all have you know stories in our minds and sometimes they're repetitive and it's like how can you get rid of old belief systems and patterns how you have these breakthrough experiences mm. and sometimes if it's done properly and intentionally you can really have these um you know sacraments that you can use in those ways so that that was me like going to burning man experiences and having friends introduce and and use it from like as i said a, a possibility of expanding our minds and our hearts and you know early own consciousness as we all know life is just like a blink of an eye we're here we're not here um majority of the time in space we're not here so like for this little sliver of time that we get to be here to have these tools that are already part of earth and to integrate those i feel for me it's been you know one of my top five best choices i've ever made is to mm -hmm. focus in on like okay how can i actually be the optimal self that's possible so that's that was my introduction to it how cool. So when did y'all move down to Costa Rica? Were you in California and then you went from California yeah, to Costa so, Rica? So I'm kind of like, if you look on the macro level of my life, like I'm on like the third main chapter in my life because my first chapter of my life, I was born in the Midwest and I got to have an amazing childhood and um, great opportunities, worked in the cornfields, weighted tables, shoveled snow, um, valley park cars, and you know, had that paper route kind of generation back in the day. So I'm 48 right now. I was born in 74. Mm. And so I had about 20 years of that. And then during my university years, I was at the University of Iowa. I wanted to learn Spanish. So Costa Rica happened for me in 1997. I got to come to different Spanish-speaking countries. I went to Mexico. I went to Tulum back in 93. I actually went <laughs> to Spain in 94, studied in Venezuela in 96 and then i came to costa rica in 1997 and it was such a beautiful experience i just really had this space in my heart that i felt very aligned and connected and i felt at home you know certain mm. you know all of us got to be born somewhere on the planet you know we're here i mean i'm sure the stork may have brought a few of us but <laughs> <laughs> so like we always have like a roots or some hometown but also when you get to travel sometimes you go somewhere and you're like wow this feels like home and you know, a lot of people um, stay within a you know short radius of where they were born, but other people like myself, I just really had this desire to travel. And my first international gig as a musician, I was in the high school marching band, and I got to play in 1989 at this festival in Japan. So that was my freshman wow. year. So I got to travel and, and go to Japan and it really, you know, they call it like the travel bug, right? Like you go and you're like, wow, this is amazing. So I got to play at like Tokyo Disneyland. I got to play in these parades and stay with families. So those 10 days in my life back when I was 15 was very much a memorable experience. And it um, got me to see the world as a like more of that global thought process of getting my passport and starting to see other countries. So that's where I came to Costa Rica. And then I went back to University of Iowa, got my teaching degree, and then started like the second big chapter of my life, which was I lived in San Diego, California for 22 
years and I pretty much lived in Iowa for 22 years. Mm. And now we're going, and then of course my travels, but now um, in 2020, Himalaya and I started to recognize that, um, you know, we had both been in California for about two decades and we'd already wanted to, you know, we travel a lot and we play at global yoga festivals, electronic dance music, and just start to see more of the world. We used to play at like the Bali Spirit Fest, um, play at a few festivals in Canada, playing like, you know, Bhakti Fest, Shakti Fest, mm-hmm. um, Burning Man, um, and oh, of course, like festivals. Hmm. Yeah. So you played, yeah. you came to Bhakti Fest as well? Yeah, I've played. Um, that was one of my biggest achievements, actually, is I in 2013, I attended my first Bhakti Fest and I was so clear uh, that I wanted to be a part of the global yoga community mm-hmm. that the following year in 2014, I got to perform at Bhakti Fest. So it was like a 360 day uh, commitment and countdown. I was like, I'm going to design a yoga album. It's going to be titled Nameless Energy and I'm going to perform at Bhakti Fest next year. And so I got to do that. And then from there on in, I got to play, um, you know, Sridhar is the visionary of the festival. Yeah, I worked for was... him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Small world. Yeah. I know. So Bhakti yeah. Shakti Fest. And then of course there's like Lucidity Festival, Lightning in a Bottle, all yeah. those types of festivals. And then this year we got to perform at the Envision Festival in Costa Rica. Um, uh, but the reason why we chose Costa Rica is we were just feeling like, hey, let's experiment and test out a different place in the world. And so we came and originally we we're only going to come for six weeks to test it out and at that time remember in the world it was just everyone was having these existential awakenings of like what am i doing and you know do i love where i live and you know do i really <laughs> want to fight over toilet paper um you know and is this actually the properly named country called the united states or is it called the divided states and so for there i just thought like hey let's because we've already traveled and lived and studied and collectively between the both of us i think we told it up like around 25 countries we've both collectively been to so we already had this like global awareness so we ended up coming to Costa Rica and tested out for six weeks we stayed for six months and then we went back home and did our big international move and now we're on year three of living here and um, we have a beautiful acre of land and we have these retreats and we call them transformational camps for adults for people to come and really experience that you know curiosity of like, oh, let's do a talent show. Let's have a fire uh, tonight. Let's also have delicious, nutritious food. Let's go on an excursion. Let's go to a waterfall. Let's go to mineral hot springs. Let's go to the beach. And so the rainforest of Costa Rica. And so I feel like people that are drawn to come to Costa Rica have this um, desire to experience something beyond what they have in their you know, quote unquote, normal life. Mm. And because as I said, I feel like I'm like the unofficial ambassador of Costa Rica because, you know, being able to speak the language, knowing a lot about the culture, you know, our neighbors right next door here are Costa Rican and just having this authentic community um, in the society of Costa Rica has been such a joy and pleasure. And it's just a trending place to come to as well. So I feel like we're beautifully positioned and, um, and then I will share one thing that uh, embody, which is, you know, the name of our company stands for empowerment, movements, breakthroughs, opportunities, Dharma and yoga. So it's a six-step curricular pathway for people to come and really get in their bodies, which is what Himalaya loves to do. She'll teach like her Bhangra dancing from India, and she'll teach Ayurvedic practices for health and wellness. And of course, Costa Rica has delicious, nutritious fruits and vegetables. And you know, it's a whole clean way of living that can really be powerful for people to come and so that's how we got to Costa Rica. And I recommend anyone come and test out any country if they want to choose that or go to a different state within um, North America, if that's where they're living and, you know, to see what works. And so it always feels personally for me, like your soul knows hmm. if it feels in alignment. And if you have that sense of feeling at home, then it's a great opportunity. And of course, um, I shoveled enough snow in my life <laughs> to not suffer anymore. And I deserve to live in the tropics. That's my declaration. And it's all <laughs> working out beautifully for me. So it's a lot of I fun like to that. be here. I shoveled enough snow. Um, I really like your, your what is sort of um, structure or like concept of structuring your life in chapters. That's really mm-hmm. interesting to me. I, when I was, I was like, wow, I'm on like 15. <laughs> my, nice. my, mine yeah. have been a lot shorter. I moved around a lot as a kid. So there were oh, that's great. a lot of shorter chapters, but yeah, really. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all just like, they're all great books. Right. But 
Mm -hmm. structured differently. And every place you live at has different lessons and different opportunities and challenges. And, you know, Costa Rica is not for everyone, nor is Mm -hmm. the States for everyone, nor is, you know, traveling around certain areas of parts of the world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it's just experimenting. And I always like the metaphor that Earth is an amusement park. And any of us that have gone to an amusement park, you just don't want to hang out on the teacups all day long. Like eight hours on the teacups would be pretty lame. It's great for like a quick, you know, let's start out the adventure, like five minutes on the teacups. Okay. And then let's go down the lazy river Then let's go on space mountain and let's go on this huge, crazy roller coaster. But to me, it's great to experiment and test out different countries and the benefits like case in point, Costa Rica doesn't have a military. It's one of the most peaceful mm. countries in the world. Their um, money is actually recyclable um, plastic from, um, you know, people that have disposed of plastic. They recycle that. It's wow. 100% sustainable. They use like hydroelectric power, solar power, wind power. So it's one of these like very um, unique, peaceful countries where when you're here, you're just like, wow, like three generations of people not having post-traumatic stress from being in wartime, having injuries, having mental health issues, like people just being in this chill as they call it, which means mm-hmm. pure life. So to me, like that's what I'm saying, like test out the waters, like different rides in an amusement park and you know, certain rides you're on, you might throw up. So you may not like it. <laughs> Other <laughs> rides, you're going to be like, ah, oh, this is my Goldilocks zone. This is my sweet spot. So that's, that's why I was sharing like the different chapters of just tested out different countries and then you know, of course, like quick short visits or like a semester abroad, which I did in Venezuela as well. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, where do I like it? But there's something about this country that um, feels like home. And as I said, it's our headquarters, it's our home base, and we're close to an airport so we can travel back and forth whenever we'd like. So when people come down there, they're coming for a program that, that you've created, I'm assuming it's not like people mm. can come and rent out your space for their... So- yeah. That's a great question, Porter. You're very intuitive because <laughs> recently when I went back to San Diego, um, I had some friends that wanted to have lunch and just meet up and they were like, wow, oh my gosh, all the videos that you've been sharing online and on socials. And it's been amazing what you're building there. And I would love to run my own retreat there. And it was such a blind spot for me before someone started to, more people started asking and making those requests because, you know, when you're on your own land, you, you know, growing your own food, doing your own thing. And of course, like all this happened during pandemic time. So we were just like laser focused on creating our own experiences with our own curricular pathway and embody. And then the lights came on for us. We're like, oh my gosh, like this can be a community global space for anyone that would like to come and teach their own um, programs and workshops and have their own events, have their own experiences. And so grateful to share as of today, we've had two people um, already sign contracts and put in their deposits to call in their own people and their own experiences. And, you know, whether it's a yoga experience, whether it's Qigong, Tai Chi, Thai massage, it's for anyone to come and experience our retreat center. And the word that keeps on coming up for us when people are on our land is it's like a healing sanctuary that a lot of people feel. So even within 24 hours or, you know, listening to nature and the birds and being in this, you know, spot in the world, another Costa Rican phrase I'll teach you is called tranquilo. And <laughs> the national animal of Costa Rica is the sloth, right? So is tranquilo really? is like, yeah, it's like tranquil or chill or sloth is called a perezoso, which is, you know, at least this way of just relaxing. I mean, there's a reason why my office has a, a hammock right next to me. So <laughs> are we in your office? Wanna... It's outside. I thought we were outside. Yeah, this is my outdoor office. This is where oh. I work and play, and um, it's great. It's oh, wow. it is this like indoor outdoor experience. Um, so every time people are like, "Oh my gosh, it's horrible weather here and there," I, I feel <laughs> guilty, but I'm like, "Do you want me to take a picture of my backyard, or do you want me to?" <laughs> so it's fun that we always call forward friends and family to visit, and we've actually had some friends come and want to stay longer and longer. So yeah, do you live? In the sanctuary building, is it like you have a place where you're living and then there's like a, a space? Yeah. So we have an acre yeah. of land, pretty much the shape of a rectangle. And the house behind me, it's like glass and wood and metal. And then we have the yoga shala, which is becoming the yoga space. Gotcha. So we have two structures now. Okay. Okay. Neat. Wow. 
it so is the but the climate is like pretty much temperate most of the year does it get like extreme temperatures at all i don't know that much about costa rican yeah great question um climate. so where we're located in central america and where of course the equator is and you know where ecuador is in south america and there's two main factors, like where it's located in relation to the equator and then where you're located as far as your altitude. Mm -hmm. So you can check this out at embodycostarica.com. On our homepage of our website, it shares that National Geographic has claimed that Atenas, Costa Rica, and it's the name of the town we live in, it's spelled A-T-E-N-A-S, Atenas, is the best climate in the world. <laughs> So Congratulations. In the end, I guess I'm a climate seeker because I found like the coolest and the best location for that. The reason why it's a, the sweet spot is because we're at 2,300 feet altitude, 700 meters, if you like the metric system, and in relation to the equator. So a lot of um, people that come here feel like it's amazing to live here because it's great for your health. It's great for your bones. It's great for your skin. Um, you don't have to like, it's tropical too. So it's like year round, it's 80% um, humidity, which is always better for your skin, the largest mm -hmm. organ. Uh, when I live in San Diego County, I love San Diego. No, you know, not trying to say anything bad about being in a high desert, but you're living in a desert. I was always like coconut oil on my elbows and my face. And I was always so dry. And so Costa Rica is like this lush, abundant um, place to be in. And, and it always feels good from like um, mentally where you wake up and there's all this fruit and birds chirping and blue skies. And I love the rainy season as well, though, going back to like the whole climate, because it's a tropical rain. You're not mm. cold. You're not freezing. You're not going to get hypothermia. You know, it's a tropical, beautiful, you can just be in nature. And so that's one thing about living in the tropics. It's pretty much dry season, rainy season. Right. Um, okay. But people come year round. Um, to enjoy this country and this land. So yeah, if you're freezing somewhere right now, or if you're tired of being cold all the time, then come and thaw out in <laughs> Atenas, Costa Rica. It's a lot of fun. That's so funny. And I'm assuming that that was, I mean, I don't really believe in coincidence, but this is something you were not consciously aware of when you agreed. Yeah, I didn't know. Okay. Well, we did like figure out in the end, like three was a magic number for us. Like when we first came to Costa Rica, we lived at the ocean because we thought, oh, we'd like to live at the ocean. And, you know, it's quite humid and hot, the ocean. And, you know, if you're a surfer, if you have to be at the ocean, if that's like your spirit animal is the ocean, then of course <laughs> live at the ocean. But know that you're going to be in air conditioning quite a lot and it's going to mm. be uh, pretty hot. Like I completely shaved my beard in my head and uh, felt like I was Olympic swimmer or something like no <laughs> follicles at all. Cause I needed to cool off, but I'm a Euro mutt. I'm like Dutch, English and German blood. So it's not like in my DNA to be overly hot. So we yeah. left the beach area cause it's too hot. We tested that out. And then we came at around 1100 feet towards the mountains. And that was still like a little too jungly and too humid. And then we came up to Atenas. We were testing it out, but yeah, when we first came to the country, we didn't think, "Oh, let's find the best climate in the world." It just happens to be we landed here, and yeah, it's. I agree. There's no coincidences. <laughs> and as I said before, you know, living in four seasons in the Midwest, I definitely feel that it's lovely to be somewhere where you know it's not overly extreme weather's and conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, and it's great for creativity too because. When I wake up and it's green and it feels abundant, like, oh, there's birds chirping and there's butterflies and there's hummingbirds and there's all these sounds of nature. And it just inspires me to start playing my piano, mm. start to collaborate with artists, musicians that want to fly in and, and be a part of a project and a collaborative experience. So that's what I really love about it because where the rubber hits the road for me truly is how can I optimize my creativity? And for that, it's like having mind, body, spirit, right? So when my body feels alive because I'm eating fresh papaya every morning and when my spirit is just like flowing with ideas and then my mind just feels so expansive because I'm in this abundant place in the world, it just really feels great. Because, you know, mentally speaking, if I'm like, oh my God, I'm just trying to survive and stay warm, then like everything else kind of goes away as a priority. Mm -hmm. So I definitely feel that having that routine and having that practice and ritual can really, in the end, allow me to be as healthy as possible. Like for me personally, like I've, I've eaten, you know, very healthy the last 17 years compared to how I was eating like the standard American diet. 
I have a crazy before and after photo that <laughs> I can share with you. I lost like 60 pounds, but it was oh, really wow. like choosing a way of life enhancing choices. Hmm. Where it's like, oh, I can make this choice. And then when I made that choice, it was like, I felt more of like energetically, like I was an open channel. Like, wow, these ideas musically and creatively are flowing through me because I'm not stuck or I'm not blocked or I'm not like literally constipated or I'm feeling, you know, fat, sick and tired because I used to feel like that. And so for me, it's almost though unconsciously or maybe consciously at this point, Porter, I'm making choices that allow for my own personal music career and that, you know, way of paying it forward and sharing my music with anyone that aligns with it it feels that those are the choices that i've made to yes in a sense it's almost like i don't want any excuses or any blocks in my way that would make me feel like oh i can't create music today because xyz mm, mm. so that's the the open flow state that i'm always welcoming into my life yeah oh i like that that makes a lot of sense the and i love the pine trees behind you Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're painted, yeah, but we do love them. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. They're, That's they're like actually, a setting, right? Yeah. Well, like, it is actually not too dissimilar from what the back of the actual house looks like, like in terms. Mm. No, I mean, it's not English countryside, but it's like lots of trees because I live in, in Washington. So, oh, gorgeous very, country. Very green. Yeah. Love it here. Uh, very cold. I mean, well, not very cold, but like, you know, rainy sort of well do the best dark. of both worlds be there yeah. for like nine months come to Costa Rica <laughs> three months you know <laughs> totally yeah I I lived in Phoenix for a very long time so I was married we lived in Phoenix I moved out here to be with my current partner who works in Washington I was very happy to move actually because Washington or Phoenix was like a different kind of heat than you're describing. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's way different. And it was well, sunny. Well, almost... Phoenix is like if the air conditioning technology all of a sudden gets wiped out. Oh my then God. Everyone's yeah. not doing well. At least, no. you know, yeah, you can. Phoenix is definitely one of those places like, oh my gosh, if it weren't for that one technology called air conditioning, no one would ever <laughs> be yeah, able to no. survive here. Yeah. No, that is, yeah. that is really true. Well, that's great. You yeah. get to move and be in different states and, and explore yeah. Washington yeah. and the great but outdoors. I, I haven't like gotten the seasonal depression thing because mm -hmm. I feel like I still have Phoenix sun running through my, <laughs> my <laughs> blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like four years later, like really. <laughs> It was, it was once quite... a zony always a zony <laughs> yeah, it was... i i can summon it at will i think and just yeah so Wonderful. what what um what type of inspiration are you finding down there that's like how does it feel different i guess not you know visually mm -hmm. and climate wise but just yeah. like in terms of like what you're creating what is it yeah, great question. So energetically, I feel that this land, and that's one of the reasons why we chose to live here is we just kept on feeling so deeply connected to the land. And, you know, when I was a kid growing up, we had a cottage, like a little cabin out in the woods. And I always remembered just feeling so free. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it feels like for me. That's pretty much the bottom line. I feel like that's what all human beings are seeking at some levels, like freedom and self-expression and mm -hmm being able to just be unleashed and like, yes, I can play. I can be in life and be connected to myself and others. And another great thing about where we live is there's really a beautiful growing community. Um, even tomorrow evening, I'm going to be going to a men's group and Himalaya on our Embody Yoga Shala leads women's groups monthly. And what I love about it is there's the local, you know, Ticos, which is the name for Costa Ricans. Um, so there's like the Latino community local, and then there are, are some expats that live in this little town, and then there's tourists that come. So there's this beautiful mixture. So what it feels for me is like there's a bridge of opportunities, and that's one of the great things about my choice of becoming bilingual in Spanish and English is being able to move in both of those worlds and, and bridge together those ideas. So Latin American music has its own instruments, its own flavor, its own you know, sabor Latino, as they'd say. And so what it has felt for me as an artist and musician is it's really opened up those opportunities to collaborate with different types of instruments, different people, different 
um, perceptions of how music can be created. And then, of course, I always am rooted with the fact that I've been classically trained on piano. I'm a drummer as well. And then the other side of that is the electronic music that I integrate into my music. And I bring in a lot of mantras from Mother India and different instruments like the sitar that other people will play or people will sing. So it's added this other dimension to who I am as an artist. I have four songs that you can stream. That one is called Electricidad and the other one's called Energia. And that means electricity and the other one means energy. And they're with singers from, one's from Mexico, one's from Colombia. So it's really integrating, you know, all three of the Americas, right? North America, Central America, and South America. And of course, this whole region called Latin America. Mm. So that's what it's felt like for me is like musically to be in this really fun experience. And I would say as well, there's a lot more people that are listening and connecting with what you call like medicine music, right? Where mm. it's like instruments from the land, from, you know, Pachumama, which was like a name for like Mother Earth, uh, La Madre Tierra, as you'd say in Spanish. So there's that influence that has had an impact on me i'm like wow like yes like this is really beautiful to add those different aspects of instruments into my own sound design mm. oh beautiful are those recent tracks the spanish language ones yeah some of those are one came out in 2019 um i just had a remix of one i have a, a new one coming out soon as well um so that's, I've been experimenting more. And, you know, one of the things I would say too, to kind of answer your question in like how it's impacted my music and my creativity is because when I moved to, it was in a time in the world where there's so much chaos and people are just scattered all over, right? Mentally. And what am I going to do? And what's my purpose? Where am I? Why am I fighting with people? Why are people fighting with me? Why is, you know, whatever is it's in my red or is it blue or is it purple or is it to vax or not to vax you know i love you i love you not you know there's all these like crazy uh like extremes that were taking place and so what i did truly from like 2020 2021 for for starters i declared that every month i'm going to launch a brand new song and mm. so if anyone follows me on spotify which of course is a really popular app for people that practice yoga and meditation and healers then you'll recognize like that era of my music, there was a lot of ambient meditative music. Mm -hmm. It was almost like to chill myself out and also to create calming uh, music for the masses. And so that mm -hmm. was a really great choice I made because I felt a lot of yoga teachers that couldn't traditionally go and teach at a brick and mortar studio were getting, um, you know, like, guided meditations and different poetry and different artistic expressions starting to come through is like their own messages. So people would reach out to me and say, Hey, I have this idea for a guided meditation. I'd like mm. to share. Could I put my um, meditation to your soundtrack? Mm. And so a lot of people that I've worked with, and I have this really awesome subscription opportunity for licensing my music that people um, can, you know, lean on because, you know, to have high vibrational music really matters if you're going to be sharing you know, really great messages. So that was a part of my journey when I came to Costa Rica. It's like, oh, I'm going to start creating some ambient chill music. And then gradually, Porter, what happened was, as I was sharing, ooh, there's some like different Latin American percussion sounds I was getting into. And and so that was really beautiful that, mm. you know, and then there's like dancing and celebrations. So I've kind of played around with all different genres of music. But I would say overall, it's like finding that ability for music because it's such a powerful energy is frequency vibration and energy to really allow for um, my music to reflect the sign of the times right and if you go through my mom actually was a music professor and taught at a community college i took one of her classes and it's called music appreciation and it would take you through the baroque period the classical period the romantic period all through the history of time for humanity and it would really analyze like how was art how was fashion? How was politics that was happening? How did all that impact um, how people were creating? And of course, like if you talk about the 60s or 70s, um, you know, you talk think like bell-bottom jeans and you think about people protesting the war because there's a war going on. And then music was like a protest, right? Mm -hmm. You think of like Neil Young writing music in protests and other artists. And so 
it, it's all connected. And obviously it's sometimes hard when you're in this era, because right now we're in this 2023 and 21st century era of time and space where there's, you know, electronic music that's a part of it. It's not only just guitars and people and jam bands, mm -hmm. but I always like to kind of have a macro view of where I am and how can I play a role in contributing art in order to raise the vibrations of the planet. Yeah, it would it would get increasingly difficult to teach that class, I think, as the years went on, because there wouldn't be such a generalization that you could draw about any particular like, I mean, we're so much more aware of the world right now, first of all. So like where mm -hmm. there was Baroque music in one place in the world, we were yep. playing, you know, drums in the jungle and yeah, you know, like doing all sorts of stuff. Totally. And everything's so connected globally. Yeah. Where but also we're so like influenced. There's so just within even just within our like, I don't know, just within the United States, there's so many more styles of music than there used to be, you know, and so many different totally. subcultures. And wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's amazing. But also if you go to any festivals or you go like I was just at Envision Festival where uh, amazing visual artist Android Jones, for example, like he's creating art that has this really beautiful colors and and it's almost like when you listen to the kind of music that people are creating this era and how people are dressing and like sacred geometry and there's all these themes that kind of start to play mm. out. But also as you're sharing, like, you know, if I just say house music, for example, there's so many styles of house music. There's like down tempo music, that's for electronic music that kind of was, this, you know, it all like trails into that. Or even back in the day, like during certain eras, the the music was actually financed by the church. So it was like, how the music was being steered um like music was written in the key of g right for god and so like it was like how do you create music to reflect how it was being financed so mm -hmm. there's all these underlying ways of peeling back the layers and then of course nowadays like here i am on the screen and when i produce music i use a software called ableton which is a digital audio workstation some people use logic some people use um you know pro tools there's all these different ways um, that you can create music. So when I'm on this screen, it's like, I don't have to go to some engineer, some studio or some producer. Now the biggest shift I would feel, and you know about this as well, is like people are empowered now to create and design their own music. On yeah. They don't have to, you know, you just go on YouTube and you get a mentorship relationship. Like that's something I do is I teach and I show people how they can design their own music and create their own signature sounds. So now it's like, you don't have to, get a record deal or a label you don't have to be like the beatles and go to abbey road it's like <laughs> abbey road is like right here right now on your screen you can create it all so that's what's really fun i feel about this new era of music and yeah it's fun to experience you know new sounds new music um but i you know i always love the music that i grew up with of course but i'm very highly influenced by different styles of music as well mm. Yeah. And so you, you sing a lot of mantra music as well, right? I used to, I'm really into the idea of using English now. I, I do, I do mantra too. I, I still really love that, but I've, I've, uh, I'm really into like writing my own affirmations and turning them into songs mm. at the moment. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. That's a gift. That's wonderful to, yeah. to have because then when people sing along, then it's yeah. I actually just wrote a song with, um, Sophia Tom, it's called Temple Body Affirmation. Yeah, I've and listened to that. It's beautiful. Sharing like I am worthy um, and beautiful affirmations. And when you sing yeah. along to it, you're like, whoa, it feels so good to your system to have those lyrics. So that's yeah. lovely that you're sharing. How, how do you classify your music? I was having this conversation with um Mikey Pauker a few oh, weeks yeah. Mikey ago. Mikey Pauker's awesome. Um because like you create, I'm sure you could you could genre your music, however that's conjugated, you could put your music into a genre that had to do with how it sounds, you know, like whatever sure. type of electronic music you're making or whatever, yep. but you could also consider it in terms of the impact or the message that it provides, mm -hmm. right? Would you be for having like a high vibe category or like a self-empowerment mm. genre or something like that? Like what, what do you see as sort of, um, is it something you think about, like genre? Well, you, you're almost in a sense, as a musician, you, 
when you launch your music, whichever software program that people are launching music, um, they kind of, in a sense, require that you choose what kind of genre. Yeah. So even just this morning, I uploaded a song that's going to be coming out. And the main genre is down tempo. And then it also is um, this one specifically. It was a remix project with these awesome uh, remix producers. And so towards the end of the song, it takes you on this journey and actually gets into like a drum and bass feel. Mm. So each song truly does have its own genre. And as I was sharing earlier, a lot of my music is like a meditative experience and ambient and designed specifically for people to have the opportunity to be inspired to practice yoga, meditation, breath work. And, you know, that was completely the intention of my debut album, Nameless Energy, was to take people through a 60-minute experience for Vinyasa Flow. And that was the breakthrough album for me because it got endorsed by Deepak Chopra, which really, you know, set my music career in a whole other trajectory, which I'm so grateful for. And I was integrating a combination of instruments from the Middle East, from India, putting it into this blend. And so there's definitely that part that you're sharing, like um, self-empowerment of, of really declaring and having words that enlighten people. And, um, you know, of course, for me, I, I would also say that this style of music is to raise the vibrations of the planet and to have people listen to it and have that shift. Even a five-minute song, as we all know, can shift your energy. Yeah. And for me, it's I approach music in, in more of like the ambient meditative space, or I'll, I'll create music that really gets people to move their bodies and to dance and to feel alive. And almost like it's a celebration and so that's like, for example, Himalaya and I have a song called Shakti Vortex. And another piece, it's a great question because I always kind of go back to education is because I've bridged my music and I've created my first album, Nameless Energy for the 60 Minutes of a Vinyasa Flow. And then this, my sophomore album is called Infinite Energy. And that's a project that's seven songs for seven chakras. So mm. each song goes through the seven energy centers that people call chakras. And so it goes from the root chakra all the way up to the crown chakra. So I developed and created sounds and worked with global musicians and singers that reflected, you know, those frequencies. And it educated people about the seven chakras. Like I have this awesome business card that I've handed out multiple people. And it's basically like showing the seven chakras and people are seeing, oh my gosh, I've seen the chakras and, you know, <laughs> and the global singers are wearing jewelry that represents each of the colors of those seven chakras. And, and Himalaya taught the women different mudras with their hand that represents. So it's kind of like an educational portal of opportunities of like, mm. whoa, I'm going to be learning about the seven chakras through music. Like who would have thought this guy would have designed this album that then gets me to think about energy centers. And then my third album, I have a trilogy of albums, is called Radiant Energy, and that takes you through the five koshas, which are the five energy bodies. Mm -hmm. So the it goes through the physical body, goes through the energy body, goes through the emotional body, goes through the wisdom body, and it goes through the bliss body. Mm -hmm. And there are also you know Sanskrit words that um, people are singing and bringing into the lyrical um, experiences, and then the music reflects the, the seven uh, the seven chakras for my second album, my third album the the koshas mm -hmm. and so i personally i didn't even know about the koshas i, I was this you know funny story is i was in the backyard with himalayan i just you know grateful to say i had a sold out launch party for the seven chakras and i was like okay you know you celebrate and you you know <laughs> it was great to have many celebrations in life and then the mind or the heart's like okay well what's the next project and i always had this vision probably because i'm a star wars fan i always wanted a trilogy of albums <laughs> and so essentially i was like okay well you know himalaya is from punjab which is the uh, province north india mm -hmm. i was like okay well is there a number less than seven because i wasn't up to because i was a full-time teacher and i was doing so many other you know tasks in my life at the time she's like what about the five koshas i was like I don't even know what that is right now, but I like the number five. That sounds like, you know, chewable. I can do that. I can do five songs. And so within, I think like a six month time frame, I worked on my third album and it was this, the Koshas. And then I learned about it. And then, as I said, it's really this um, educational opportunity for other people to learn 
about um, these ancient practices for modern day insanity. Modern day, say that one more time. Ancient practices for modern day insanity. Oh, I thought that's what you said. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So like allowing for people to get rooted and understanding of who they are and what's possible and what's potential and bringing in this ancient wisdom from mother India into your life. And so many people, of course, are practicing yoga or meditation or breathwork practices or even other moving meditations like Qigong or Tai Chi. So there's a way that the soundtracks that I'm creating has a role in that process of like dealing with the wild and wacky parts of our mind and what's happening in the world. It's a reflection. So how can music be this component that educates and brings some peace and alignment for people where they're like, ah, oh, that song just like touches me and it moves me. I even have a song coming out soon called Soul Fire. And it's really beautiful, the lyrics. And so it's like creating music that lights people up and yeah. and has this um, like almost like connective tissue, like the fascia, right? Where you're like, mm. oh, how, how did, you know, we all have these um, synaptic pattern of connections in our minds and where we were, like we could play a song right now and we'll take you back to like middle school or take you back to high school or take you back to these eras in our life. So to me, it's like, how do you design music where if people get the opportunity to hear it, in this chapter, in this era of their life, how could that make that impact that you asked about? And that's really mm -hmm. where I feel on a larger scale. Um, I've always loved, and when I was living in San Diego, I used to do events for nonprofits that would support um, bringing yoga practices for military veterans that had post-traumatic stress. And so we, we would raise money. I'd do these big events on the USS Midway and uh, a few programs called Travis Mannion Foundation and Connected Warriors. So I also feel like the impact can go greater than the music itself. It's like, how can mm -hmm. you put on events and opportunities where you actually are, are raising money to support um, these visions that people have to really pay it forward and, and be a contribution? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And that was something you were doing in, in LA or in, in California. Yeah, totally. And I, I really enjoyed doing all those experiences and events. And even here in Costa Rica, we're going to be starting um, free community yoga classes. Mm -hmm. So for people that haven't been introduced to yoga and people are very interested and curious. It's so fun because when <laughs> Costa Ricans meet Himalaya, sometimes it's the first person they've ever met that, you know, their bloodline is from India. So mm -hmm. there's not a lot of people from India that live in Costa Rica. And so it's really beautiful. Um, how receptive people are. And it's amazing too, going back to like the educational component, how many people are like, oh, I've heard about the seven, seven chakras and I'm way more interested in learning about other practices of spirituality or other concepts of the universe and how I can, you know, breathe or practice something that really gets me grounded and even feel more peaceful. Mm. So that's been a beautiful experience. And then I come in with like the music and Himalaya comes in with her yogic practices and so it's been really beautiful to to kind of connect all the dots and and have it be an experiential um transformational experience for people like the program that Himalaya and i actually will teach at festivals is called transformational movements because they're movement practices with music with um different dances from india mm. that really get people to like move their energy and you know be at a whole different place from when they entered the class to the very end. And we always circle up at the end and um, I play the harmonium, which mm. is a, a ancient instrument from India that um, it's kind of like an accordion, but it, you pump it and it's on the ground. It's like, it has pianos. So anyone, I know you know what it is, but just in case people don't. Yeah. So I, I'll play the <laughs> harmonium and we'll chant and we'll get people to be in this beautiful energetic connection. And so that's what I always feel like we're what a lot of people share with us when we ask people, like, what are they seeking? Like, what do you want in life? And what a lot of people are answering is community, like looking mm. for like their soul family, whether it's coming to Costa Rica to one of our experiences, going to a festival or meeting us online and wanting to work with us in some capacity. And so that's um, how music I feel can really connect people. And this day and age, you listen to a song on Spotify, like you could go to my DTO, Spotify, and then you can just directly like message me through Instagram. You know, all these social media platforms are just all intertwined, like DNA yeah. strands. So there's so many cool ways that we can connect. Yeah. How did we sure. connect, by the way? Was that how we connected? Remind me. Through Instagram. Yeah. 
There you go. Bingo. Yeah. Some point. <laughs> yeah. Proof in the pudding. Yeah. Saw, saw it on Spotify. I am the Instagram. <laughs> and you work with Songs of Eden and he and I uh, work together. Oh, so I see. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. So there's a song that we created called Mumbai Moves that was around. Remember, I told you that era in my life when um, I was like, okay, I'm going to start making more relaxing, calming music. And what's great about Mons is it was my first international, completely remote collaboration where people don't know it when you listen and push play on songs. It's not this dream where you're like, oh, everyone got together in the same room <laughs> and they played all the instruments and they all wrote it together and they had like an overnighter and all of that. Yeah. No, this day and age, a lot of global music producers like myself are creating the beginning pieces and then someone else it's like a ping pong game like okay here's my part here's your part and so on that song that um songs of eden created he played the piano part sent it over i added some drums and just kept on going back and forth and then we oh, wow. created this awesome song and and we oh. i think we probably met the same way just or other musician friends are so generous that's i'd say that's a big distinction too i think besides this competitive mindset that has happened in you know all industries in the world but specifically in the music industry besides like being like cutthroat and all like we're gonna rock out more than you do and no, 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 we're gonna take you out like i feel like the style of music that i create the big feeling that's different is this collaborative spirit mm. where oh like songs of eden oh, he, he worked with um dj taz and then mm. momentology and then i know you know they were all like intertwined and we were all somehow beautifully like generously wanting to share and connect and um, you know suggest oh you would really do great working with this musician or this artist so that's that's like a really great feeling to feel that, that sense of global um connection and community yeah i was actually reading and not that i'm in very evolutionary or scientifically minded but there is a whole theory that is like the opposite of darwinianism Dar darwinism that's the theory of collaboration that we have actually evolved through community like through sharing and through mm. like what what's it called it it's like survival of the it's, it's something silly like survival of the nicest or like something like that but oh, like that the the yeah that you know like dogs for example have survived because we like them and so we bring them yeah inside. there's a symbiotic relationship it's, it's not that simple but it's you know something like that um that that made a lot of sense to me yeah that makes sense yeah i mean there's definitely a way that either you know there's this mindset or perspective that we all have like are we all alone all the time we're going to be these lone wolves and we're just going to have to fight for our own and everyone else we can't trust and we're going to fear fear you know mm -hmm. there's that mindset which always creeps into our consciousness in some capacity or is it like wow like my heart's open my mind's open and you know we're not needing to be this like dog eat dog um, energy where we can mm -hmm. actually support our neighbors and make requests and be like oh i'm growing some fresh you know bananas on our land here and our neighbors are growing um you know they have coconut trees next door i'm looking at them right now it's like oh they want some here's some exchange some bananas from some coconuts and it's like back to basics kind of philosophy and yeah i feel like that's definitely a, a mindset or a shift in consciousness that we could have um all of us where we're like oh we're in a collaborative zone mm -hmm. and truly let's think of it this way from a musician perspective it took me however many thousands of hours to become proficient playing the piano, however many thousands of hours to become proficient in designing electronic music and producing it. If I want a beautiful cello sound on one of my songs, guess what? I go to my phone and I just go to my contacts and I just type in, do it right now, show you, type in cello. So here's my cello contacts. Oh, nice. And, and I just label <laughs> it, organize it. It's like my teacher brain. <laughs> and that's the left brain, right brain phenomenon. That's a right? great and, idea. I like that. So these are all my like, how we met. groups. <laughs> yeah, I do that as well sometimes. <laughs> so then I go to violin. Guess what? Here are the violinists. Actually, um, one of these violinists I just performed live on stage with um, two weeks ago. Um, and Govinda, violinist, he just performed on that song that we talked about, the Temple oh, of the Affirmation. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know who that was. Um, yeah, amazing violinist. So yeah. 
So guess what? I have them. Boom. I send a WhatsApp. Check this draft of a song out. Are you interested? Whatever agreement arrangement we have, then I have that individual that plays the sitar or whatever instrument you want to talk about, where then it's this community experience where it's like mm. you have your zone of genius. You've put in the time and the effort and this is my zone of genius. I'll be the producer and be the visionary of the song. And, yeah. you know, how can we put these puzzle pieces together? So that's the greatest part about not being a lone wolf and being more of like an open-minded, you know, community member around bringing in collaborative opportunities. So that's one of the, you know, parts of that I always mentor people in is like, just don't think you can do it all by yourself. Don't like yeah. try to master your own music because mastering people win, you know, Grammy awards for mastering. It's a whole skill set altogether. So why would you suck out all your life force energy? If you're an amazing songwriter or lyricist, like what you are Porter. And it's like, focus on that, do that, keep that going. Yeah. And if you like divert your energy, because there's so many aspects of the music industry, it's a whole world within itself. So like find your, your place and your space and, and, kind of like stay in your own lane and, you know, do what you love. Don't, don't put so much time into other aspects of it. So yeah, that's how right. I've had a lot more success. And that's truly Porter, how right. I do my monthly launches. Cause I have a team of people. I have people that will master. I have people that will support with the mix. I have amazing producers that will give me raw feedback. If I like, Hey, what do you think is going on here? Like, what could, what's, what works, what doesn't work, what could make it even better? Those are always the three questions. And boom, they respond and be like, oh, thank you. You know, feedback is gold. So that's that's the best way to do it. Nice. Yeah. I think it adds an element too of like, do you find, for me anyway, I find that when I create something with other people or it has some like other component to it, like it's raising money for something or it had to do with, you know, this book or, you know, whatever, like it, it involved other people and other pieces that I'm so much more excited to share it because it's not just like, look at this thing I created. It's like, look at this thing. We all like, I mean, that's pretty mm. amazing. We all got together and made this thing. And, and now it's like, yeah. Oh, I love that because actually this has to do with our common friend, um, Mons, you know, songs of Eden mm. is because the song that we had created became the tapestry for a spoken word project by a phenomenally talented friend who's originally from Nigeria. Her name is Doc Peace, and she oh. does like spoken word. And um, I actually saw her perform at um, one of these events called Daybreaker in San Diego, where it's like this early morning sober event. Everyone goes and there's yoga and then there's like a big dance party celebration. And she does beautiful spoken word. I came up to her right after. It's like, oh my gosh, I love your spoken word poetry. It's amazing. And then we just connected and all of a sudden it's like she started to do spoken word over top of this song that um, Songs of Eden and I did, you know, he's in Sweden, right? So then you have like all these different countries and then we wanted something visual for it. So we had like a two minute um, piece and there's this amazing illustrator, her name is Faith, and she created this like moving art piece. And then it was all a part of um, yeah, insp inspiring people around you know, what their human potential is. And um, it was really beautiful. But going back to what you're sharing is like, there's this we mentality besides the me mentality of how can you create and put in all these pieces that then become this beautiful art that could inspire people. Mm -hmm. So that's like being that, playing that role, however it is, or going back to the, what I was sharing earlier about doing nonprofit work um, with different organizations and knowing that, my part in it can, can help raise money or support different events. I've done, I mean, I was doing so much nonprofit um, performances at some point where I needed to like <laughs> be, be able to like no more than eight per year because I was doing different outreaches. Like early 2020, if you remember, there was like big like Australian fires that happened. A lot of people forgot about it because oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. happened. And I did a big event down uh, at Balboa Park in San Diego. It was this beautiful event. We raised um, like $50,000. And and then I was doing a work for like bringing yoga to inner city children in San Diego County um, and the Sean O'Shea Foundation. And so I was, I was doing a lot of different nonprofit work. So I think I kind of overextended myself at some level where I was like, okay, I also need to <laughs> make some green coupons and have some kind of financial <laughs> exchange where I can, you know, pay the bills. So 
yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And I've definitely played that role and it's been beautiful. <laughs> I have to sneeze. So I'm going to edit this out because it's so weird. <gasps> Excuse me. Okay. Well, remember to edit this out. Um, Perfect. I loved it. <laughs> Let it out. Let it go. Let it flow. Wonderful. Yeah. No, I, usually I try to mute myself and like let you talk, but you'd already stopped talking. So there was no going back. <sighs> Excuse me. You're at the one minute and eight or hour and eight minutes. One. Is that what we'll, we're we'll at? We'll do the Wakanda sign. We've been going for an hour and eight minutes? No. Oh, oh, maybe we have. Yeah. Oops. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> Thank you okay, so cut. much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dave, for um, being willing to do this and, you know, talk with someone that you've never met before through Instagram. I really appreciate it. Um, do you want to share your links and how people can reach you and stuff? I'll have everything in the show notes, but, you know, just please share what you would like me to share. It's a one-stop shop with me. Everything is at dtomusic.com. Once you're there, you can find ways to license and subscribe to a program that I offer. Also, you can get merch. You can also find all my social media links. You can fill out the contact form. If you want to reach out and possibly um, inquire about mentorship programs that I offer. And if there's any singers or, as I said, people that do guided meditations or audiobooks, podcasts, anyone like that, that would like some support in how to record and do it professionally and post-production work, I offer those kind of um, behind the scenes services as well. So if anything, go to dtomusic.com and reach out or go to Instagram, dtomusic, and let's have a conversation. That's what life is about, like seeing how we can support one another and be a standard for each other's greatness. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks, Porter. Appreciate Thanks you. for tuning into the podcast, y'all. Please like, subscribe, rate, comment, whatever the platform you listen to podcasts on offers you as a way to let its algorithm know that you're enjoying these episodes. That really helps. Also, there's some links in the podcast description notes that allow you to support the podcast in a way that benefits you and us. So please check those out. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you can sign up for my mailing list at portersinger.com. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.